Welcome to Politics and Bros. This is the podcast where two guys who spent their careers on the inside of federal politics and government are now on the outside and only have each other to talk about how things are going. Today is Thursday, December 9th, 2021, and this is episode 49. I'm your host, Pete. With me, as always, is my co-host, Howell. Hey, man. It's the most wonderful time of the year. There'll be... Yeah, that's 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 yeah, all I'm... I was trying to do the snap behind you. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, you messed me up. Yeah, um, <laughs> what's going on? How was your Thanksgiving? I didn't even ask you that when we were talking before. It was good. Uh, over my in-laws, a lot of turkey. I made um, domades, the Greek uh, stuffed grape leaves with the lemon egg sauce uh, for the for the uh, to help. And then my father-in-law allowed me to everyone courteously. Everyone courteously ate some one little bite and said, oh, uh, "I didn't care if any. I, I didn't care if nobody touched them because I took them. I took a whole bunch of them home and ate them for like three days straight. It was amazing." Um, I really make that thing just for me than, than anybody else. But um, my father-in-law let me carve the turkey, so that was fun. Um, really good turkey. Nice. And uh, that's it. It was just my it was just my my in-laws the, and our my my wife's two brothers and their family. So there's like 17 of us total if you include all the kids. Did you stay in Oak Park or were you? Um... Yeah, yeah, at my in-laws' house. Okay. How, How about you? you? Uh well, we had. Um, my in-laws over and my wife's aunt and a friend of their my in-laws and then as as i mentioned before we my my daughter and i went to florida that night oh that's right how'd that go uh they won they won the tournament right on um yeah so that was a good good four days in florida um weather was very nice and uh yeah good experience so um yeah, good. Things are going well. Ready for Christmas. Yeah. Christmas Hanukkah's done. Christmas is next. Um, are you, you guys are heading out to uh, see your folks? Yeah, we we leave the twenty first. Okay. And there's no snow, so thanks global warming. <laughs> um, there's no snow in Park City. No. Wow. I mean, there's a little. They, they've been making some on the mountain, but there's yeah. like none. There, it's not really. There's Has not. it been just warm or has it just been dry? Uh, I think it's been dry. Okay. Yeah. Just no um, precipitation. It's but. not super cold, but it's like it's snowed, but then it'll get warm enough that it, it goes away on the mountains. So, yeah. Um, uh, but we'll have a good time anyway. So, yeah. yeah, this is probably our last episode till maybe the new year before the new year i don't know maybe I we'll mean, do one unless more you the... unless you want to squeeze in episode 50 episode 50 that's a milestone i know um be amazing or maybe yeah i guess we'll to, unless we want to plan something big maybe we'll have like a big extravaganza for uh episode 50 we could have the people of the sun on for oh for our 50 i was i was thinking we should get mayo back on this thing just because his uh his congresswoman is always in the news for that's true reasons. he he could just be just read off a list of Lauren Boebert uh, crazy of the week. Uh, and that could make a whole episode. I wonder if she, if he as a constituent of hers got her Christmas card with um, her and her kids holding semi-automatic weapons in front of a Christmas tree. Yeah. I, I, I you know, she didn't even get, she wasn't even the first one to have that idea. So like, um, I'm an original. Yeah, I know. Come on. Get, and yeah, I'm of course I haven't looked, but I'm sure, 
Twitter was aghast at, at that. Um, yeah, I didn't look either. Yeah. I, I choose to ignore the, the performance at this point. Um, but uh, yeah. Um, should we get this thing going? Yeah, let's get this thing going. Let's talk about some, some headlines. Um, right. One thing I, first, before we really jump in, this really wasn't on our, our list, but uh, I wanted to address the uh, Jussie Smollett case came down today. Oh. He was found guilty on five of the six counts, but it, guilty of uh, basically fabricating a hate crime. Um, and I think criminal mischief is actually part of that as well. But anyway, will, will he serve any time? I have no I, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know if he will. I mean, I don't know if he needs to. I think he's I think he's gone through enough embarrassment of this whole thing. Um, Just have to pay some legal bills. Yeah. Oh, uh, so yeah, I that was a quick quick trial because I think it just started last week or, or a week two weeks ago, something like that. Yeah, the jury they estimated I think the jury was only out for like nine hours. Oh, okay, like, long enough to order dinner, and <laughs> then they came back with the verdict after that. I think. I mean, it was pretty clear what happened yeah. at, over the line. I mean, and was that all broken by the press? Did the press figure that out? Or how did how did that get figured out? <laughs> I don't know, but I it went, certainly wasn't the cops. I, I went back and I I watched uh, Dave Chappelle's uh, <laughs> in one of his Netflix routines. He talks about it and he he, he talks about how the African American community was like eerily quiet because and you know this is Dave Chappelle saying this that because Jesse was clearly lying and they just didn't, <laughs> they just didn't want to like out him that way um, is lying about it all. So it was, I laughed about it. I don't know who ended up piecing it together i think probably some some press people yeah. did but whatever anyway i just thought i'd bring that up yeah but um other things are happening think. like bob dole dying bob dole passed away 98 years old i yeah. i honestly my office my dc office is in the, in the same building as his office so i used to see them all the time in our lobby um always in a wheelchair you ever have any course. interactions with him uh, I mean, you'd say, you know, good morning, Senator, or, you know, good to see you, sir. And he would, he was with it. Like he would yeah. say hello. And, um, you know, his, as a, at the time, like last time I saw him was four years ago. So was um, he 98? He's 98 when he died. So at yeah. 94, it was, it was kind of hard to hear him and understand him a little, but he was, he, he was with it. Like he, he didn't, I mean, he wasn't just a suit. Um, yeah. Well, but he was always he, a nice guy. He is, will always be. My first, he popped my presidential vote cherry. <laughs> um, I voted you should, for- if you ever meet Elizabeth Dole, his widow, you should say that just like that. Yeah. And see what she says. <laughs> um, I like Liddy Dole, but I don't think she would uh, have much of a, a place in the Republican Party today. No, I don't um, think she would either. Uh, yeah, so I voted for him in 96 when I was 18, my first That's presidential election. Um and, uh, you know, it didn't turn out great for old Bob. But, you know, one of the things I um, I thought was funny and I saw this week was, like, the week after he lost the election, he went on to um, Saturday Night Live and did yeah. uh, did a skit with Norm MacDonald as, you know, Norm MacDonald did the famous Bob Dill. Yeah. Um, and, you know, made fun of himself and... Um, and he was a very gracious loser and yeah. it just, you know, it reminded me of how far we've come in this country. From Well, and the other thing too, is a few months after, uh, I think it was like five months after the election, um, 
President Clinton gave him the Presidential Medal, Medal of Freedom. And um, uh, when Bob Dole went to receive, gave like his remarks after receiving the medal, he started uh, giving his uh, an, an, a, you know, a fake inaugural speech, and everybody oh. just started laughing. And he goes, "Oh, sorry, wrong speech." <laughs> so I mean, yeah, you're yeah. right, like that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, he he lost use of his arm in in combat. Yep. What was it? Was he a World, World War Two pilot? What was he? Uh, yeah, was a, I think he was a pilot. Yeah. Um. He's yeah. really good friends with George H.W. Bush. Um, obviously, both they were both pilots in World War II. So, and just a uh, John McCain you know, gave the really, nominating speech in '96 at the Republican convention for Dole. They don't really make politicians like him anymore. No, you know, um, no, you know, someone who was very principled, but also believed in you know governing. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think he la- he laid in state today mm-hmm. and Biden showed up and many across the aisle, both both parties showed up to pay their respects. Um, uh, you know, just I think a product of a bygone era at this point. Yeah. Sad to see. Well, it's and that kind of segues into the other thing I wanted to just kind of talk about this, this new poll. I think on our outline I wrote, are, are young Democrats more intolerant? Um, and there was a poll that came out uh, that sort of supported this, or does support this, I should say. Um, Axios did the uh, the poll, and it basically says that thirty seven percent of Democrats say they would not be friends with somebody who supported the opposing party, and seventy one percent of Democrats would not go on a date with somebody of the opposing with who has opposing views. Um, by contrast, only five Republicans said that they would not be friends with somebody who is only uh, five Republicans. Party. Only no, only five percent of Republicans, oh. and then uh, and then thirty one percent of Republicans said they wouldn't go on a date with somebody who had opposing views. So I just thought that was kind of funny. Like it's it's more of the, it's more of the younger generation of Democrats and even Republicans too. But the the that's that's more troubling than anything that these, you know college kids and you know early 20s kids in their early 20s are really kind of driving a lot of it seems like they're driving a lot of the division these days or at least the vitriol and sort of picking teams without actually caring about discourse and i i do wonder about any of these polls especially these days that like if you took a poll would you would you respond as a republican would you respond as a independent how would you <sighs> me how would you at this point, like, you know, I did a, I did a poll, like, actually I did a poll poll during 2020 election cycle. Um, and I identify, I still identified as a Republican, Okay, but it was a lot of, there was a lot of questions like, do you support Donald Trump? And I said, no. Um, so yeah, now I don't know. I mean, yeah, I would probably still identify as a Republican for the purposes of a poll like that. But yeah, I just, you know, I, and also when you're talking about, younger i don't know what the the age group was of that that poll set um but i i do think that the idea of being a democrat and republican are probably excuse me probably less i don't know i i mean the point stands and we've talked about it previously is that um you know each side kind of thinks a, a portion of the other side is basically an enemy of the state 
And, oh, sure. And it's not healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, I could totally see, I mean, Democrats, young Democrats are probably, you know, the, the, the Gen Z cancel culture leading types and, you know, they're very unforgiving and unwavering in their beliefs that, and if you cross them, then, you know, you don't deserve to have a job or do anything. And so I could see that being the case. Whereas, Mm -hmm. you know, I think Republicans are probably a little bit more, you know, kind of like traditionally that would be, you know, a role that some, a, a higher power such as your faith would allow you to, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they would be more forgiving and um, God would be the one to ultimately judge them, but you could, you know, forgive them and, um, and potentially be friends with them. But, you know, again, I think both sides are pretty, have their subset that are not helping things by creating the other or thinking of the other side as enemies rather than Americans. Yeah, I mean, I think what I think like this this type of poll um, plays into, you know, I, I think the <clears throat> I think the media definitely had a little bit of something to do do with all this here, and I think it it actually takes norm it it can take a, a regular Republican and push them even further to the right because, and we've talked about this before that you know with John McCain and Mitt Romney who were you know even at the time kind of marginally conservative politicians you know the media and and extreme liberals basically painted them to be racist like you know um vampire capitalists i'm stealing that phrase because i just read that earlier today um and i thought it was hilarious um but um instead of just the the principled politicians and men that they were and and are with in the case of romney but um so I think there it, there is a lot of that has to do with it too. Like, is this been facilitated by a left leaning media, you know, who, that kind of helped that helps paint these the wrong picture of certain conservatives, and that's why we ended up with the Donald Trump. And I, I said this on one of our way earlier episodes that there comes a point where Republicans were just like, "Fuck it, let's actually appoint an let's let's nominate an actual racist to run for president." And, or, you know, a complete psychopath to be president. And that's what happened. So um, I think there's, it's it's not to say that necessarily, you know, anything too profound other than that, there has to be some responsibility again, especially in reporting and journalism, I think, if we're, because a lot of that is what drives these people in addition to, you know, false Facebook posts and, and you know, the dirtbags on Twitter and all that, so. I'll end that there. <laughs> um, well, also in the news, it sounds like uh, the Supreme Court is going to uphold the Mississippi um, 15-week ban. So, Well, we won't know that till the summer, right? For I'm, sure. just, I'm just saying the, the readout from yeah. the oral arguments was that the – no, but you're right. We won't officially know that. But it yeah. seemed – the analysis was that the justices – seem inclined to at yeah. the very least uphold the 15 week ban if not um significantly erode row be weighed um and I, I, before i let you jump in i am still trying to get my friends who one is a professor of law at 
and worked in worked on cases at in the federal court at in DC. Mm-hmm. Um, I want them to come on so that we can talk about the current state of um, the justice system. Um, but uh, so maybe we'll, this can be a nice segue to ask them to come back on. But um, Roe, you know, if it does happen, or what are your thoughts on on sort of the whole thing? Well, I mean, I don't. <sighs> I'm I'm not choosing sides one way or the other on how I think it it should come down, but I am I will say that a lot uh, there was a lot of a lot of talk I saw and just on TV and then in social media too about how um, abortion is is a is a right it's a law and it's not it's a precedent. This is what happens when the legislature um, and or the Congress more specifically punts on issues and forces the courts to decide it it's not in law it's just the precedent it's not actually necessarily it might be legal in the eyes of a precedent but it's because they didn't pass the law they didn't actually do the heavy lifting they didn't actually do the unpopular thing of actually voting on this um and now we're now that's why it so easily can just get kicked out the way that it might or the way it seems to and you know next summer when the when the ruling comes down but that being said i think uh, you know, I, I'm more interested in the arguments that are made by everyday people, not necessarily lawyers who who take you know figure out the legal route and all that stuff. But um, it seems to me on the left, there's this idea that Republicans or evangelicals are trying to control people, control women's bodies, control you know people of colors, uh, women of color, all that. And then on the right, it's about. Um, you're just—they're trying to fight against uh, people who use abortion as some form of birth control. And I—I I saw a lot of posts, a lot of social media, a lot of people making comments. Like I said, that aren't lawyers, that aren't necessarily policy wonks, and haven't studied this issue. But that seems like where a, a lot of folks, everyday folks, are kind of operating from, without kind of focusing on the fact that there's nuance in between those two, those two extremes. And I just found it fascinating, like how many people cling clinged on to those two arguments. Um, uh, I mean, the thing that interests me is that I believe both, I don't know what Amy Coney Barrett said, but I know um, Kavanaugh said he considered Roe v. Wade settled precedent. Yeah, so he said during confirmation, right? Right. Yeah. And so if he ends up writing something that goes against that, of course you're allowed to change your mind, but I mean, if you change it's also a lifetime appointed position. Yeah. Or not a um so will this potentially create an even more pressure on um the exec or whoever to change change the dynamic or the setup of the Supreme court by making it, you know, yeah. um, uh, you know, 15 years or 30, 20, you know, will there be, um, could this potentially lead to that? Because he's, if, if that happens, he's clearly gone against what he testified to. True. And yeah. Someone like Susan Collins was like, well, he gave me my, give me your, give me his word. And now she's going to be left having people being like, I, we told you so. Um, yeah. And the other thing that's, I think, and I've said this before, is that if it, if it gets pushed to the states, then, you know, I think it's unfortunate for the states that, that will, it'll be ban- probably banned in. Um, 
but maybe yeah. it'll force people to be active and and create a movement within their at their local level to to sort of lobby for these rights. Yeah, well, it's but it's already started. Sort of the the political grandstanding too. You know, Gavin Newsom announced that California will be a sanctuary state for abortions. Um, what does that even mean? Uh, yeah, yeah, I know exactly. But um, I thought it, I thought that was interesting that he was willing to go that far. So, um, yeah, I think you're right. I think I don't. I'm curious as to how this all. A lot of the questions seem to center around like, um, you know, at, at how many weeks. Was it okay, you know, that it was arbitrary when it was originally set under Roe and the and the subsequent cases that dealt with it? Um, but I kind of feel like, well, 15 weeks in Mississippi is arbitrary too. Um, and I know they talk about how it's the, that's the when the heartbeat is detected. Um, but I know there's a lot of controversy, not controversy, but arguments within the medical community on what, is that really a heartbeat um, mm-hmm. or is it just, I forget what the word is, but um, so yeah, I'm... I'm the, I, and, uh, and the political person in me thinks, why do they have to do this This <laughs> in the midterms? Um, it's going to really screw up a lot of races. I mean, it's yeah. going to make it more interesting for sure, but it's going to screw up I mean, a that lot was, of races. That was one thing was like, if it gets overturned in June, July, like yeah. every governor's race in the country is going to be yep. uh, a re- referendum on abortion rights. Yep. Um, and it could even create backlash against like Republicans and that, you know, hurt their chances to, yeah. to take the house in 2022. It's going to be, it's going to be a total um, shit show. Um, but I think that's going to be fascinating to watch coming up as we move to this is like how, cause right now everyone's like Republicans are going to win the house in 2022 and Biden's polling terribly. Um, but there's a, there's a solid, there's a argument to be made that, you know, if, some of these problems subsist. COVID may, if it does ever secede from sort of the front page story every day and the economy, you know, maybe ter- continues to to grow that, you know, there could be a strong narrative and if for the Democrats next year. So, it, I mean, it'll, yeah. it'll, I think I think it's too early to be writing sort of all of these 2022 stories. Um, especially with all this stuff laying out there that could, could change it. So, yeah. Um, we got a lot to look forward to in 2022. I know it's going to be in, but yeah, that's the thing too. Like (laughs) the whole thing is already turning out to be a total shit show. I mean, just thinking about the Georgia Senate race now with, you know, governor Kemp is getting primaried by, uh, former Senator Purdue at the behest of Donald Trump against, you know, Stacey Abrams on the democratic side, which I think is just, what a bonehead move. And Purdue is, I mean, the guy couldn't beat John Ossoff. He got his, ass, you know, uh, Purdue got his ass kicked into a debate and then refused to debate again after that. And then he basically blamed everything on the fact that, you know, the election was stolen. I'm just uh, his, and, I saw his first ad and his literally the first line he said was, I will not let Stacey Abrams be governor of, uh, Georgia, like literally, that's his opening line. And this, and, by him being in the race, that's exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> I mean, I, I, that, right? Um, yeah, and that's another thing that'll be see if yeah. republic if Trump makes Republicans shoot themselves in the foot. Exactly. Yeah. Um, which would be a shame, real shame. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, we shall see. Let um, the shit show begin. Well, speaking of shit shows, let's do it. 
uh, you know, I asked if you wanted to talk about this after seeing uh, a horrific video this week of a, uh, I believe it was 71 year old Asian American grandfather who was walking down the street in Chicago in Chinatown this week and was randomly basically executed. Um, and there's video of it yeah. by um, a 23 year old individual. And um, two days later, a, uh, a CTA bus driver was beaten by a mob in, in downtown uh, Chicago. And this comes on the heels of, you know, flash mob robberies and, and the increasing violence. And, and, and it's, it's, it's not just a Chicago thing. I mean, there, I think I saw in 12 of the largest cities in America, yeah. um, homicides are way up. Um, so we wanted to take uh, a little bit of time and talk about violence and Chicago violence in specific and what's being done or what's not being done. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, what, what's, what's going to happen? I mean, you know, you, you watched the video right before we came on. I mean, yeah. you know, what do you, what do you think? I mean, it was 1230 in the afternoon when this happened on a Tuesday and this guy and what, uh, yeah, I hadn't seen the video until just before we came on and, and Hal shared it with me. Um, it's on Twitter. If you really want to see it, it's nasty and horrific to see, but this dude just gets out of a car like he's going for a walk in the park and just puts bullets in this poor guy's head and then again calmly walks back to his back to his car and the thing that is crazy me he drives off at a normal speed it's not like he slammed on the gas to get the hell out of there he just it was like a like he was going to pick up you know, some well, milk or something and it's, it's it's like he's not afraid no. of consequences it's and as we as the twitter page or the Twitter post notes. Yeah. He was recently arrested and walked out two days later. Um, well, and I think the epidemic too, is that there's a lot of, there's been a lot of talk over the last several years about criminal justice reform and justifiably so. But I think a lot of big cities, Chicago, uh, San Francisco, um, New even York. New York have, in, have hired or hired, have elected district attorneys that, are on the extreme side of that issue in that, you know, they want to abolish cash bail. They have, they're being much more choosy about what they, about cases that they prosecute and the ones that they don't, they either dismiss or they let the person go. And that's happening a lot in, in, in Illinois and especially in Cook County or uh, in Cook County in Chicago with uh, Kim Fox, who's the state's attorney. And she's gotten a lot of criticism for that. She she won re-election a couple of years ago, but still her opponent focused on all these things that crime rates were going up, that her prosecutions were down. She wasn't, you know, being more um, uh, proactive or whatever, you know, and just recently in the Austin neighborhood, which is the first uh, neighborhood west of or east of where I live, um, there was a massive gang shootout at a house um, between, I think, I don't know, five, six, seven individuals, whatever, half a dozen individuals will say, and none of them were prosecuted because they were, quote unquote, all willing participants in the act, which boggles me. And it's on video, this thing. It's not like this was all hearsay. It's on video of these guys shooting at each other. Would that uh, have been a Kim Fox jurisdiction? It, it was Kim Fox jurisdiction, and she declined to prosecute. Now, and then, of course, Mayor Lightfoot goes on 
on TV and, and blasts Kim Fox for this. And Kim, then Kim Fox goes on TV and says, well, I don't have enough evidence to prosecute. And the cops are kind of in the middle, like, well, we gave you everything we had. May, you know, that's up to you to decide if you didn't know if, if it's not enough or if it you know is enough. But there's a doesn't seem to be, at least in Chicago, a lot of accountability on who's supposed to be doing what um, for the people of the city. Um, and a lot yeah. of this spills over. I mean, the carjackings in Chicago are out of hand. I found the stat that um, there's been more than almost 1,300 carjackings in Chicago uh, this year. Um, sexual assaults are up. Homicides are the large, most homicides uh, since like the 80s or something like that. It's something crazy. 800 homicides in Chicago. Um, so, I, you know. I, I really don't know what the what the answer is here. I mean, yeah. I don't I don't blame I don't want to make people think I'm blaming criminal justice reform. That's not what I'm blaming at all. I think there's a lot of things that need to be done. And and uh, but you know, prosecution is a big thing, especially these smash and grab jobs with uh you know when the whatever the Louis Vuitton store in Michigan mm-hmm. Avenue got raided um, for th- tens of thousands of dollars worth of merchandise. You know, I think Lightfoot famously said like they need to secure their. <laughs> their 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 uh whatever they said their inventory better or something like that she blamed some of the retailers for not having uh security or good enough security or cameras um for basically it's that's that's essentially the equivalent of um you got sexually assaulted because you were wearing a a short skirt type argument oh totally um essentially uh and so you know I am sympathetic to the the argument that there's a reason these people are behaving this way, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, there's root causes to this, and it's lack of opportunity, it's lack of um, hope, it's lack of uh, any sort of wealth or, or anything um, <laughs> to keep them motivated to... Uh, but, you know... It can't be the only reason, um, and and I can tell you one thing: if this continues to happen, there's not going to be any opportunity or wealth or prosperity because people are going to move away, like they did in um, the '60s and '70s, mm-hmm. and move away from these prosperous centers, and yep. they're going to be, and they're just going to become. It's going to the problem's going to compound itself, and so, you know, I think that there needs to be. Um, and I think you're seeing this, it'll be interesting to watch Eric Adams in New York, Yeah, but, um, there needs to be strong, like the police have basically said, okay, well, if you're not going to support us and Lightfoot has tried to, um, really tow as little of a line of support for them as she needs just, um, because, uh, she's been very, she's been very critical and, battled with the the fraternal order of police mm-hmm. um leadership uh but there needs to be support for a law enforcement to yeah. um at least contain the the problem for the time being and you can do that while you're also working on the root causes um yeah and if you don't it's i mean like you said um that smash and grabs on Michigan Avenue. It's like, that is, it's a lawless society at that point. Yeah. Um, well, and, and yeah, 
it goes to the to the to the guy. His name is Alfonso Joyner. Is the guy who killed uh, the seventy one year old Asian American guy. Um, how calm he was, and how he right. had he awesome. obviously operated as if there was no fear of him being, you know, arrested or you know, caught. Quite frankly, mm-hmm. even though he was caught, um, and and unfortunately, it just—I don't know—there just seems to be a definitely no respect for laws and law and order anymore among a, among a certain set of people. And there's reasons for that, and I'm I'm sure you know some of them could be valid. And but you know, at the end of the day, it it's a mayor's job to protect the city and she needs to be more proactive and she needs to do more partnerships with community groups as well as law enforcement to deal with these issues. Um, I know there's not a lot of trust lately out there with the Laquan McDonald case in in Chicago among others. Um, But that's no excuse to, to not support your, your, uh, your police department and what they're trying to do. But two quick things. Um, uh, Friends of ours are a member of this group, and so I, I, I noticed it when it popped up. But there's a group in Chicago called My Block, My Hood, which is basically, mm-hmm. um, like you said, like a local community support group. Um, they, um, But I saw this week that – and it's a lot of people from all over the city help, you know, go and, you know, paint or clean up and, you know, clean up, help little neighborhoods that are poorer and, mm-hmm. and you know, more crime-ridden. And I saw this week that um, – a group of my block, my hood volunteers was uh, mugged at, while while they were on their um, ass- assignment uh, working, and I'm like, see, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Like, they need to feed, law enforcement needs to at least create a situation where they this that doesn't happen to people who are looking to actually help the root causes yeah. of of and of of these crime criminal. Um, criminal lifestyles. Uh, the other thing I would say is that I think a lot of cities have, um, made laws that, or rules that a nonviolent crime in the act you can't pursue, right? Like there's, there's no pursuit at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, and so as a result, I don't know if you saw that video a couple weeks of the go of the the guy in San Francisco who just like calmly walked into a Walgreens and had a big shopping bag and was just like, <laughs> um, <laughs> he's just stuffing and, stuff in it and, yeah, and then nobody said anything out. to him. Right. Because there's, because we have taken the, and, and, and we talk about a pendulum a lot of times. Right. But we have taken the sort of stance as a society, at least in big cities that, you know, this leads to, um, uh, people of color getting killed unnecessarily because they, they pursue and then things escalate yeah. and people feel dangerous. So we, this is a, a byproduct of sort of the pendulum swinging the other way saying, we're not going to pursue because we, this is leading to unnecessary death. Well, as a result, people are going to take advantage of that and do things like take a trash bag into Walgreens and clean off the um, makeup shelves. Mm-hmm. And then um, so I, I understand why that is the case, but like something needs to, <laughs> that, that can't keep happening. Yeah. Um, and I will say that in my ideal America, we create better 
inventory tracking, better security systems, so that people know that if they go in and do that, they're going to get caught yeah. and ultimately um, pay the price for their actions. And just to follow up on that, that individual who did uh, steal, all, you take the trash bag into Walgreens or CVS in San Francisco, he was caught and later um, uh, booked on those charges. So, you know, there were consequences for those actions, but um, it, whatever's, whatever's happening now is clearly not working. I, I read this weekend that um, they're thinking about lifting the bridges to right. um, Chicago, the the loop this weekend because it's gotten so bad on the weekends. And, yep. You know that can't be. That's not a sustainable uh, solution if you want to have a viable city. Well, and I mean, and, and what does and what does raising the bridges actually do? It actually only separates the south side from the north side. Um. <laughs> So I don't know. That's it's a pretty awful message to send, um, but I, I understand the desperation in an idea like that. Um, I guess, but uh, it's amazing to me. Uh, well, I, I I don't know what the, all the answer. I don't know what the answer is. I really don't. I just. Well, I mean, I know a lot of. Look, I know. Yeah, and I tried to when I knew we were going to talk about this. I tried to like look a little bit quickly to see what has worked in the past, and and. I mean, I think the was it ninety four the criminal justice reform bill that Clinton passed was mm-hmm. it like I think that is credited with like lowering crime. Um, you know, I I was looking. Uh, cr- crime has since the U.S. murder rate since um, nineteen ninety it used to be almost. 10 or late 80s early 90s it was about 10 and 10 people per 100,000 as a, and it slowly went down through the 90s till about 2016 it was little it was like four and a half so it had almost halved in 20 years mm-hmm. before shooting up since 2015 2016 to it's back over it's like six and a half so um and i think you've seen that overlap with some of this um i guess i don't know more forgive more less stringent prosecute prosecutorial um motives um it's yeah it's um i mean if people can't feel safe they're not going to spend money they're not going to live places right and, and then you're just going to compound the problem yeah there's a i've got a friend that lives in the in the west loop right near randolph which for those who don't know randolph street in chicago's where are probably the, some of the best restaurants in the world are um very vibrant uh, nightlife around there but she, they live in an apartment um a couple blocks south of randolph but uh, on madison but mm-hmm. her their babies daycare is around the corner and um in at like 11 in the morning i think it was a weekend i don't think it was during the week when anybody was there but 11 in the morning i think it was on either on a saturday or sunday um a bullet hole a bullet came through the, the window and it's <laughs> like daycare? Uh, through the of the day car i don't nobody was there so i'm pretty sure it was a weekend but still like that's not the neighborhood where you expect somebody to take right. a shot and have it end up going into the window of a daycare center <laughs> 
and that was that happened in August. Um, but you know, is just one example of a bunch of like muggings, and they've been telling one woman at the, a week or so before that a woman got dragged into an alley uh, during her like eight a.m. run or seven thirty in the morning run. She got dragged into an alley. She escaped without getting assaulted, but um, that had ha- that happened, and you know, it, some of the it's not these are not just rare occurrences they're happening more and more frequently and more and more you know violently yeah you know so it's and you know with the mayor's race coming up here i'm thinking to myself like well what's what's is really is that a reason necessarily to vote out you know mayor lightfoot because what's the next person really going to do uh this is this is a democrat progressive town so what's what is the answer well that's what i mean that eric adams is the yeah you know like what is that what's that going to look like and and maybe someone who has a similar background yeah but is you know is progressive in sort of every other aspect could potentially i mean because i I think that is the number one problem facing chicago right like oh i think so too you know you might not have said that four to seven years ago i mean it was bad but i don't know that you would say it was the number one problem Uh, when Um, i when we lived in in wicker park there was the latin kings uh they had a house a block down from us and i never felt unsafe around there right like ever i had no problem going for walking over to one of the bars at midnight around the corner and i never was worried now i don't I, i don't know if i'd feel that same way right right so yeah um, I mean, it's certainly, uh, that was 10 years ago. Right. Yeah. And, and I don't think it's just Chicago. I think it's, no, it's, right. it's um, and Atlanta's experiencing I, the same thing, you know, San Francisco, New York, all the big Detroit, all the big towns are experiencing the same. Yeah. So DC has gotten really bad. Yeah. Right. So. Um, so yeah, let's let's we'll be paying attention to Eric Adams here at Politics and Bros. Yes. Um let's say, so once again we don't have any solutions to any of this, but well, I'm sure there's a com- a larger conversation about uh you know, easy access to weapons. I'm sure there there's that's there, but that's I I think that's certainly is something that should be discussed, but it's also about the the attitude and the culture that's been kind of breeding that allows for people that to behave this way in the first place. Mm-hmm. And I think if you don't address that, then what's the point of trying to take guns off the street? It's sort of like uh, it's yeah. a chicken or egg sort it's, of thing. It's, but it's and it's very complicated. Like yes, people have many motives for what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes when and then when you see if you watch this video, I mean that is to me that is evil. Yeah, that is evil and people like that, you know, that do that. They don't deserve a second chance or yeah. a third chance or, you know, and we have to be better at identifying those people and, and, you know, unfortunately doing what, what's going on over there. Sorry. My back was, I had to crack my back. It was, but you were like laughing at me. No, um, I was just cracking my back. Anyway, I've said enough. <laughs> um, it's, I mean, we're not we're not moving anywhere, but like, and we feel pretty safe. But there were three three shootings 
um, within, there was one at the end of our block in, into summer. Um, but it's in a city, that's what happens in cities. And also, um, we didn't even know it happened, um, until someone texted us. So, you know, there's a lot of people living here, a lot of things happening at the same time. It's also trending in the wrong direction. Yes. So get your act together, Lightfoot. Make up with the make up with the police, um, and I don't know. I'm like I'm not, I'm not a huge law enforcement guy, but like, you just you know, it's called law enforcement for a reason, right? It's not like law, law. Well, we'll decide later if it's an enforcement <laughs> or not. Um. So, anyway, I like it. Uh, Merry Christmas. Are you into anything? Um, actually, I had a I had something in mind, but Ooh. then I was sitting here and I looked over and I was like, "Oh, that's what I'm into." Hold on a second, I'm gonna grab it. The silences. Oh, so it's a basically is that Theragun? Well, it's a hyperbolt. Uh, yeah, same thing. Um, but yeah, it's the same thing. I'm going to do it while I'm talking to you. Um, do you have one? You're going to put that on your junk and yeah. see what happens? <laughs> it would hurt. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> we have we have a uh, a mini Theragun. Um, okay. It's it's in the shape of a triangle. Yes. Not, not the gun one itself. But, yes. Um, so, Maura loves it. So my wife got this as a, her Christmas present from her um, new company. And oh, nice. I've been mostly using it. But um, you can... That's what I've been into. We'll we'll take uh, we'll take their advertising money. So wait, which brand is that one again? This is Hypervolt. Hypervolt. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I've been very impressed. Yeah. I'm I'm, I'm agnostic to to which brand as long yeah. as it does what it's purported to do. Right. What about yourself? Um, am I really into anything right now? I'm not really into anything right now. Um, I'm into Yellowstone, uh, season four. Really actually, on. well, no, I'm into it actually getting somewhere it's been a very very slow season um and there was actually somebody from forbes i think did a breakdown of the characters and just how there's like the storyline is totally aimless and hopefully it's all going to come together so i'm, I'm really? into it falling apart what's that is this is this is this show falling apart i don't i wouldn't go as to far as far to say as it's falling apart it just there's a lot of storylines that need to be resolved before the ending or at least by the end of the season, you know what's going to go happen with them. Okay. And it's just sort of like, it's getting frustrating at this point because we're what, like six, seven episodes in. Um, but um, we'll see. Okay. Well, that's it, man. Merry we'll see Christmas. if we can, we'll see if we can squeeze one more in before Christmas. If not before Christmas. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I leave the 21st. Okay. We can, we got, that gives us a week, a week right. or so, 10 days. Okay. All right. We'll give, number 50. Yeah, we'll give it a shot. We'll see. We'll make it a Christmas-themed episode. Oh, I love it. We'll see if we can get uh, one of the boys to join us as well. Okay. But until then, follow us on Twitter at Bros Politics. Listen to us on wherever you get your podcasts, on Apple, Amazon, and uh, Spotify. And until then, we'll go to a casino. See you, man. It's the most wonderful time (laughs) of the year. Yes.